Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. You know, we're continuing in this series on praise and worship and um, just thanksgiving, of course. You know, we, we studied about Thanksgiving this weekend. It was, it was awesome. But one of the things I want you to understand, and I said this, that praise, Thanksgiving, I just want to lump it all together tonight because it's like there's an element of praise. There's an element of gratitude. There's an element of Thanksgiving. Um, it changes you. It changes your relationship with others. Man, have you ever been around people that are grateful? You know, they're just a joy to be around. But have you ever been around people that are just ungrateful? I said something Sunday that was so good. The, the gr- grateful people are attractive. Thankful people are attractive. Not to the physical eye like, you know, oh my God. But they, they, they carry something in them that makes you want to be around them. Generosity is attractive. Um, it, it, it attracts things. Thankfulness is attractive unthankfulness is really, um, I said it way better Sunday. I'm trying to get it. Sunday I said like unthankfulness is, is really a repellent. Like, have you ever done something nice for somebody and they've just been ungrateful? Man, you're just like, wow. You know what I mean? And it's not that you're looking for that or you did it for that, but there is an element of thankfulness that we look towards when we see this. So imagine how much Jesus feels. Remember we talked about the lepers that came? Hey, man, where's the other nine? Where, why were they unthankful? Now, did Jesus do the miracle? Yes. Did he take the miracle away because they didn't come back and give thanks? No. But what was he looking for? It's kind of like you. If you help somebody, you're not going to take it back because they weren't thankful. But boy, you're surely, it's a repellent. The unthankful is a repellent. You ever been around somebody that complains and all that stuff? You don't want to be around that stuff, right? So praise is part of a relationship. Thanksgiving is part of a relationship. Gratitude is part of a relationship. It's not like a ritual or something we got to do. It's something we want to do because it's based out of love, okay? You know, and, you know, everybody was meeting God, and sometimes you got to meet God on— a lot of times what happens with this stuff is uh, you got to meet God on his terms. That's a big thing too people miss. You know, like, oh, I don't really want to give. No, nah, it's a sacrifice of praise. Give your sacrifice of praise, even though sometimes you and I don't understand why. Now, this is big, okay? I want you to see this. So Judah means praise, okay? So when you see Judah in the Bible, you know that Judah's definition means praise. So, um, the first me- message of that thing, when God came to Judah, he said, you know, he said, he was saying, and, and, and is praise. So praise, you got to write this down. Thanksgiving and gratitude is a weapon of your warfare against the enemy. I want you to write that down. It's a weapon of warfare. The Bible says that the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, and that basically we know we cast down wrong imaginations, 
we lift up lofty thoughts and we pull them down. We know that praise, thanksgiving, gratitude, worship, all those in that whole package are they're, they're weapons of your warfare to overcome the enemy. That's big. Look at Revelations 5 and 5. King James is great. Revelations 5 and 5. Because it, it, it explains to us about this. It says, And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. That word Judah means worship. The root of David hath prevailed to open the book and to loose, loose the seven seals thereof. So Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means this. Um, we know that the enemy walks about like a lion seeking whom he can destroy. But how many know, guess what? Jesus walks around like the lion that prevails. Amen. That's the big thing right there, right? So sometimes our lack of praise, our lack of worship, and our lack of thanksgiving basically comes out of a worry position because we're not focused in the right direction, okay? The praiser who knows that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah has understood that there's nothing coming against him that can overtake him. So you got to get a right mental picture, okay? That's big, right? So God told the praise, remember we read it Sunday, a couple weeks ago, Jehoshaphat, put the praisers in the front. Remember that was kind of like, what do you mean? He appointed singers, that they should praise the beauty of his holiness, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever, right? So the, so, the, so the choir went before the warriors. It is crazy, right? So here comes the choir, and it worked. The enemy wound up confining, just becoming confounded and defeated himself. Uh, they didn't have to take out the swords. So here's my question. How many battles... Do we sometimes needlessly fight because we 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 got worry or fear or we're we're, we're 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 consumed with it? What happens when we just trust the lion of the tribe of Judah? Praise the Lord! Yeah, I love this man. Check this out. Um, a great preacher said this: saints who would learn to do. Battle for the Lord should first learn how to praise. For God sends praise as the shock troops to drive the enemy back before the rest of the army is allowed to join the battle. Ain't that good? Ain't that good? A great preacher, I got this quote. Saints who would learn to do the battling for the Lord should first learn how to praise. For God sends praise as the shock troops to drive the enemy back before the rest of the army is allowed to show up. Does that, does that make sense? It's kind of like Jehoshaphat, right? He said, look, he said, get down there and shout. Get down there and praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. So instead of um, battling, now look, sometimes you got to battle, you got to confess, you know what I'm saying? But man, when you're here and you're in this spot and you see this thing and you got this thing, man, what do I do? Put the battle in this. Instead of battling in your own power, right? Put on praise and worship. He told you that. He said, this battle's not yours, it's the Lord's. That's what we learned in Second Chronicle. 
right? Sing. Man, what's it going to look like if you start worshiping God and you start rejoicing and you start encouraging praise and you start encouraging worship? Look what it says in Psalms 156. Psalms 150, verse 6. It's an awesome power of praise. Jesus even tells you in the Word of God in Psalms 150, verse 6. Look at this scripture. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. I think sometimes we think worship is an option. We think thanksgiving is an option. We think our sacrifice of rejoicing is an option. Philippians 4, we used it Sunday. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. And let your praise. Look, look at that right there. Go to Philippians chapter 4. I didn't need to see this because, you know, 4 and 4 really gets it going. But I want you to look all the way into 8 because I think this is important because we see this stuff. And then sometimes I think because it becomes almost second nature, we don't really, you know, I don't know. I don't think we pause long enough to really reflect. I think we just read it, you know. Oh, cast down imagination. Yeah, slow, man. Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Yeah, slow. Look what it says in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. What does that mean? Rejoice. You know what I'm saying? Well, it means, well, what's the formal definition? To cheer, to be happy, to basically what? Be glad, joyful. Rejoice, be glad, rejoice exceedingly to be well. Right? So rejoice means rejoice. Did you rejoice? What happens if we don't rejoice? He tells you rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be made known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. King James, right? Amplify says be anxious for nothing. Don't get worried. But by prayer and supplication, just a different form of prayer, with thanksgiving. I thought Thanksgiving was a holiday we celebrate tomorrow. No, Thanksgiving is an attitude of the heart we should celebrate every day. And especially when it comes to prayer. I pray, I believe, I receive the petition, and then what's my next down move? Thank you, Father. I know you heard me. I know you already prepared it. I'm staying in an attitude of Thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And look what it says if you can get, if you can get prayer in Thanksgiving and the, the byproduct of praying and staying thankful and believing you receive when you prayed is the peace of God, which patheth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Woo! Look what he says. Then he says, think on what is good. Think upon all the good stuff. We all know Philippians 4.8. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever thing is true, whatsoever thing is honest, whatsoever thing is pure, whatsoever thing is lovely, good report. Think on these things, right? That's one of the biggest things. So let's just ask these questions because this is going to be big. I want to give you this, right? So what happens, Pastor Chris, when I start praising God, giving thanks, being rejoicing, glorifying God, being joyful, what starts happening to me, okay? I know something happens for God, but maybe if I show you your side, you know, you go, okay, I kind of need some of that stuff, so maybe I'll start adding this element in. Listen to this. Praising God, giving God thanks, worshiping God, rejoicing is going to allow you to lift your spirit. Your spirit is going to go to a whole other level of joy. 
Psalms 42, 5 and 6. Now just go to Psalms 42 when you get there, right? I'm going to show you this, 5 and 6. And we can read it in the King James. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou what disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for what? The help of his countenance, right? Oh, my God, my soul is cast down. Therefore, my cast down within me, right? Therefore, will I remember thee from the land of the Jordan, of the Hemorites, and from what? The hills of Mazar. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, he's saying, man, when you start praising God, you'll lift your spirit out of despair. You'll lift your life out of a place of despair. You'll lift your life out of a place of what? Just basically being cast down. That's joy. That lifts your spirit. I don't know about you. That gets me happy. Should get you happy too. Here's another thing that starts happening. Praising God helps me sense God's presence. Praising God helps me sense God's presence. Well, where is God's presence? The Bible says that he inhabits what? The praises of his people. So if you want God's habitation, just start praising God. Well, you say, I don't feel God's presence. I don't sense his presence. I don't, I don't know where God is. I don't know what's going on. Well, as you start to take time to worship God, he inhabits the praises of his people. It's kind of like saying, you're in the office Monday through Friday, nine to five. So if I want to see you, guess what I do? I make an appointment to go see you in the office nine to five on Monday. I know where you're at. I know how to get an appointment. If you want to get an appointment with God, he already told you the key. I inhabit the praises of my people. He didn't say, well, you know, I'm going to go shout in tongues. He didn't say that. He didn't say, well, you know, come in here and read the word out loud. There's nothing wrong with all this stuff, but keep it scriptural. You know, Kenneth Hagin, man, I'll tell you what, that guy, right? I watched this guy, maybe in his 70s. He would do those Ephesian prayers, and he said, I bow my knee, Paul the Apostle said in uh, it's like, uh, Ephesians, and he said Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, he was reading all those Ephesians prayers, he was reading all this, he was reading all these prayers, and he would say, in the scripture it says, I bow my knee unto the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And I watch this guy at Winter Bible Seminar every year, periodic times, bow his knee at 70-something years old on the platform because he said, keep it scriptural. I just listened to one of his sons, not like his biological son, but a son in the faith, said, I got a pillow in my office. I bow my knee into the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, everybody say, well, you don't have to bow. Nobody's saying you got to bow. We understand it's the, the position of the heart and how you prostrate yourself before God. But I'm going to tell you what he did. He kept it scriptural. I inhabit the praises of my people. If you want God's presence, praise him. And if you don't feel God's presence, you ain't doing it right. Now, not to praise, you're not praising him. He's near you. Look at Psalms 140.13. If you can't figure it out right here, Psalms 140, and I'm going there because sometimes I change up the scriptures for 13. Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. 
Did you get it? Look at it in the passion. Just flip it in the passion because they need to see this. Grant, this will change their life, man. Your godly lovers will thank you no matter what happens. Isn't that Thanksgiving? Giving of thanks? You guys are all caught up with the holiday. You got turkey on your mind. Don't get jerky with the turkey. Let's go, man. Tomorrow you're going to eat 90 pounds of food and fall asleep and eat some more, right? But come on. Your godly lovers will thank you, Thanksgiving, no matter what happens, no matter what's going on, for they choose and cherish your presence above everything else. He said, man, you thank God. His presence is showing up. You thank God. He's showing up. Here's another big thing. Thanksgiving, praise, worships, gratitude, because I don't know what we're hitting. You know, sometimes you might just be like thanking God, rejoicing. So when I say this, praise, hallelujah, right? Thanksgiving, glory, I don't know, you know. So let's just put it all together because who, who could separate it? Praise, thanksgiving, joy, rejoicing, honoring God, worshiping him, giving him your heart attitude, giving him your focus, it enlarges your perception of him and what he can do. That's a big one. That's a big one. Look at Psalms 69.30. Psalms 69.30. You're going to love this one. Check this out. This is good stuff. Psalms 69.30. I will praise I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. He's showing you what it does. So I'll praise your name. I'm going to sing songs, and then you're going to magnify when I start thanking you. It's going to change your perspective of your problem. It's going to change your perspective of your circumstance. It's going to, whoo, when God gets larger, your problems start shrinking before your eyes. Remember I told you about that? Brother Hagin, man, uh, they had these prayer ladies, and um, he had this church, and he had this prayer team. And, man, he said, man, he said, let me tell you something. He said, there ain't a prayer request those girls didn't get back in, the, you know, whenever it was. And uh, they joined, they came to Rama just to visit. And one of the instructors said, man, I got to get around these ladies and find out what they know, man, because I mean, you know they know something about prayer. I don't know. And he went up to them, and I think they all went to lunch or something, and they said, you know, hey, man, you ladies, Brother Hagin's bragging on you. Said, man, he goes, if you, he actually told people, he goes, if you don't want that prayer request answered, you better not give it to them. But I promise you, if you give it to them, they're going to get it. That's how good they were at praying. Gave their life over to prayer. And one of the instructors asked and said, hey, what's the difference between your praying and my praying and our praying? And she said this. She said, you know what I've seen with the generation of you guys? She was kind. She said, you get in there and you keep talking about how big your problem is. Your God looks so small. By the time you come out, you can't even find the victory. He goes, well, she said, what we did was we magnified God to be so big. By the time we came out, that problem didn't look like nothing for the God we serve. That is exactly what Psalm 69, 30 is saying. I will praise the name of the Lord my God with a song. And I will magnify him with thanksgiving. So when you magnify him, he gets so big. What's cancer against God? Somebody told me something the other day. 
I don't know who it is. It'll come to me. They said something. They said something. And they, oh, they said they found the name. And I said, man, Jesus' name's bigger than that name. You got to identify that thing so I could destroy it. I got a name greater. The Lord is great. So here's what I want you to do. Action plan, action steps. Think about the problem in your life. Do this for the rest of your life, okay? This is application. Think about your problem. And I wouldn't even care if you made a list of your problems sometimes, right? Then I want you to start taking five minutes and worship God. Big. Magnify him big. Talk big. And then I want you to go back and revisit your problems. I bet your problems don't look big as they were. Man, and that one got me a couple weeks ago. Remember that? Praise and worship, thanking God. It reveals solutions I can't see. That's that one I gave you, man. It, it unlocks invisible potential, angelic help. Man. David said it in Psalm. David gives away, because David been through some stuff. Look what his joker said in Psalm 73, 16 and 17. So good, man. King James is spot on, and then we'll read it. When I tried to understand everything that was going on at all, I just couldn't. It was too puzzling. Too much of a riddle for me. Dude, this is good. But then one day, I was brought into the sanctuaries of God. My God in heaven. And in the light of glory... My distorted perspective vanished. Then I understood that the destiny of the wicked was near. Woo. What are you saying? He said, I couldn't figure it out. But when I got near you in that presence, started worshiping God, I seen the whole plan before my eyes. I tried to understand it, but it was too difficult. But when I got in the sanctuary, you revealed it. So think about this. How do I get this going? Start going into God's presence and worshiping him. He might just give you the answer for the stuff you're looking for in life. I'm telling you, you got to start taking 10 minutes, 15 minutes, five minutes, and you got to start reflecting on how good God is. And God showed me this a long time ago because that's that John, you know, what is that John 4? Let me see. This might be John. I think it's John 4, 24, where it says, they that worship me must worship me in spirit and truth. I think that's right. Don't quote me on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go to John 4 and, 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 uh, here's that woman, the woman at the well. She all messed up. She ain't delivered. Go to John 4. Let's look at 19. You know what I mean? You want to go to 19? The woman said it in him, sir, I perceived that our prophet. Remember, this is the one he called out at the war. He said, don't you know why you're here? You don't even know why you're here. He said, go get me a drink. She said, there ain't no bucket to get no water. He said, don't you know who I am? And she said, you got five husbands. 
She's a little messed up. How many know there's hope for you? Come on, somebody. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. He said, our fathers, now this is her talking. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. He's saying, like, you know, church. Jesus said, hey, listen to me, woman, believe me. The hour comes where you shall neither worship in this mountain nor Jerusalem, just worship the Father. You worship what you don't even know. We know that what we worship is salvation of the Jews. Now watch this. But the hour cometh and now is. Okay? So right now he's saying this is what we live in. The dispensation ain't no building we're worshiping in. Ain't no atmosphere. It's, it's, it's we are the temple of God. We worship in the spirit and in truth. For that's what Jesus wants us to what? How he wants. For the Father searches ones who could worship like that. God is the spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So I read that like 20 years ago. Did not understand it. I was like, what in the heaven is worshiping him in the spirit and worshiping him in the truth? How do I know whether I'm doing it? And the Lord, years later, I asked the question. It was time, sometime after. He said, when you start magnifying the truth of what I said in scripture, you will eventually start worshiping me in the spirit. So what I do is I go in there and tell them what the Bible says. You're awesome, God. He is. You're a mighty God. He is. You're the great I am. Go in there and just magnify. Oh, praise the Lord. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Is that the truth? You start worshiping the spirit. Oh, you're my prosper. Is that the truth? I don't even care if you got the scripture. If you got the ways of God and you didn't even have the scriptures of God, God, you're love and nothing can separate. Romans 8 says nothing can separate me. God, you're the God of love and nothing can separate you from my love. That's the truth. You'll get in the spirit. Oh God, you're my victory. My faith is the victory. You get your hands in the air and you start worshiping God. Is that the truth? Yes, it is. Now you can't go in there with the mully grubs and talking like a goofball. You don't even have to have the scriptural numbers, but you have to have the scriptural evidence. God, you said, I'm a forgiver. Glory to God. And I forgive based on faith. I thank you, Jesus. I don't care how you get it out. Just magnify the truth. And sooner or later, sooner or later, you'll slip in the spirit. You'll slip over into the spirit. That's what he's saying. It ain't the building. It ain't the praise and worship. Ooh, I sing that one song. Ooh, I sing that song. And, and when I sing that song, I get goosebumps. What do I care about your goosebumps? Your goosebumps are good. That's great. But that ain't, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't. That's why we don't sing no unbelief around here. None of that doubt business. Because you can't worship Jesus unless you got truth. So I understand what, go slow. What I'm saying is, is the worship team anointed? Yes. Do I listen to worship music? Yes. But you're over here like, well, you know, if I get goosebumps, God's in it. But if I don't get no goosebumps, God, nah, nah, nah. You got to learn how to do this dry. And some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. Like, you got to be able to go in the living, middle, middle of the living room with no music on. See, most people can't do this. They got to have the praise team. Praise team ain't going home with you. You got to just get up and get in the middle of the living room like Paul and Silas did. They were in prison and they lift up and they started praising the Lord. What do I start saying? I don't know what to say, Pastor Chris. You say what the Bible said. 
Oh, God, you're a good God. He is. Oh, God, you're a mighty God. He is. Oh, God, you're the God who can do the impossible. He said all things are possible to him that believes. You just stay magnified, just magnify the truth, and sooner or later, you'll slip into the spirit. And the next thing you know, stuff that starts coming out of you will start prophesying, and you'll start moving in your life, and you'll start edifying and encouraging. I don't know what's going to take place, but I notice you got to get over in the truth. Get in the truth. It's not praise God. It opens doors. It breaks the chains. Some of you that are oppressed, you just got to get in there. It'll break the shackles. Paul and Silas prayed at midnight and the place started shaking. Angelic presence starts getting released. Doors start opening. Supernatural miracles start. All because you start praising God. Here's my last thing I'm telling you. What are you missing? Because you're not giving God praise. You're not giving God thanks. You're not giving God worship. You're not giving God glory. And you're not rejoicing. You're leaving too much on the table, guys. It's time to make sure we elevate ourselves in this place of praise and see your life go to another level. Come on, let me pray for you. Father, thank you for these guys. Bless them. Watch over them. Keep them. Lead them. Guide them. Help them. Re require their attention in the area of thanksgiving so they could become the true worshiper you called them to be. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Praise the Lord, guys. I'm going to see you Sunday. But I want to wish you again, from the bottom of my heart, from Pastor Liz, from my family, from the relevant church family, all the friends, all the partners, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your time together. I'm going to see you on Sunday. Bring them to church. I love to meet them. And I want you to know I love you. Happy Thanksgiving. And I'll see you Sunday. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.